Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The NFL Combine is finally winding down as I begin to depart Indianapolis. What a week we've had here with more than 330 of the NFL's top prospects. And, of course, Jason Light, Dirk Cutter, all the people from the Bucks. Welcome to this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Some really impressive workouts and interviews with Saquon Barkley, Josh Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming, really helped himself. Quentin Nelson, a Notre Dame offensive guard that I wrote about on TampaBay.com. You want to read that column as well and a chance to talk with Antonio Callaway, remember the Florida wide receiver who was suspended. But before we get into the podcast, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com, that's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash sportsday to take advantage of the deal. That's audibletrial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. So uh, among the interviews I did, the, the one that I probably enjoyed the most, and uh, I did write about this, but I, we wanted to give you an opportunity to actually hear it. You remember that the, the Bucks decided to take Todd Munkin, who was their offensive coordinator and their wide receivers coach. He's been doing that job, both jobs actually, for the last two seasons. Well, this year, Dirk Cutter decided that Munkin needed to help him as a full-time offensive coordinator and that means a lot of different things one he'll have a chance to spend more time with all the players on offense not just the wide receivers and he's done a very good job with the wide receivers remember the improvement Mike Evans made uh, when Munkin got here he had struggled with drops and of course Evans has has emerged and become you know an elite receiver in this league he already handles all the passing game duties he's the guy that installs that George Warhop installs the running game uh, so Todd Munkin has already had a big hand uh, in all the offense. He is not the play caller yet, although that is a possibility uh, down the road. But right now, at least, it looks like Dirk Cutter will continue to be calling the plays on Sunday. So what is going to be the biggest difference? Well, to be honest with you, it's a new voice for Jameis Winston. You know, Dirk Cutter and Winston have been together now for three years. The first year Cutter was the offensive coordinator. We've seen Jameis make improvements, um, but – I really believe that, that any change you make on the offense, especially with respect to the offensive coordinator, you have to consider the quarterback first. We know he struggled with turnovers and some off-field situations as well, and also his leadership, just some of the things that he has done that have come across maybe not so great with teammates at times. I had a chance to sit down with Todd Munkin, who came over from southern Mississippi as their head coach and decided to get back in the NFL. He had been with Dirk Cutter for on the staff with Jack Del Rio in Jacksonville. Then he went to Oklahoma State as their offensive coordinator and then was a college head coach. Talked to him about why he made the decision to leave college football and just what his contributions will be to the Bucks' offense this year and his thoughts about Jameis Winston and what he needs to do and how he can help him get better. Here's my interview with offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. 
Not that your job is any, I mean, you're not coaching receivers full time. You've been an offensive coordinator for this team, but they talked about how, you know, the idea is to get you involved with the whole offense and spend more time with with all the players. And along with that, I mean, Jameis has to be a big part of this. Just because when you're talking about the offense, you start with him. And they allowed that, yeah, you know, obviously you'll have a another – he'll be a big, big voice for him um, or another voice. Not that mm-hmm. you don't talk to him now. So just in general, and I know you haven't done the job yet necessarily this year, but, but how do you see your impact changing or, or you know, whether it's – I know time management, and you won't be preparing for a receivers meeting, you know, that last two hours. Yeah, that's that's probably, you know, as much as anything is, you know, when I took the job a couple years ago, you know, Dirk gave me that same flexibility. He said, hey, you know, you're the offense coordinator, but you're also receiver coach, but if you need, you know, time to be in other meetings and other things, but easier said than done. Yeah, you you're know, still coaching the position. And, you know, Mike. He needed you know, some. And, and, and you're responsible for that position. And, yeah. you know, ultimately you feel to want to be in there. And you like having your own group. If my name's on it, you know, I mean, you want your – you want to be in there with those guys. Mm-hmm. So – but it does make it difficult to be able to be in other rooms and have a little bit different perspective. And also from a knowledge standpoint, you know, when you're dialed into the receivers, your world is that – it isn't always a perspective of from an offensive line or from a quarterback standpoint. So that's just the way it is. Even though your background can be that, but not your yeah. immediate job description of what you're supposed to um, take care of day to day. Which, with all that being said, no matter what anybody's title ever says, your responsibility is to do whatever the head coach asks you to do, sure. whatever that might be. Right. So as we move forward with this. I do think that with Dirk also being the head coach, that I do think there'll be some things that hopefully without me being having to be tied with that, because you only have so many hours in the day, so you can dedicate more time to, I wouldn't say scheme per se, but thoughts, um, scripting, yeah. what you want to see during the week, uh, as opposed to maybe getting the reps right in practice for the receivers and what you're going to do on the field. and and some of those things that, that you have to do when you're a position coach. So, you know, that that's probably as much as anything. And really then it comes down to whatever, like I said, whatever he asks me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting just because, you know, again, Dirk's a quarterback guy. You got Mike Bajakian. Where I fit in that, yeah. where he would want me to fit in that in terms of he has mentioned that, you know, maybe it would be good after three years that Jameis has a fresh voice. Mm-hmm. I know we talked about that. You know where it's, you know, just hearing it from somebody else. Sure. So, we'll see again. That's, we'll see how that goes, and and uh, because you already said it's it's a work in progress of exactly, yeah. you know, where we go from there, um, from not only scripting but then our meetings, game plan meetings to, right. you know, I was already doing most of the install anyways, and. Um, at least from a pass game, George does the run game installs. But so then, you and George would get together and do the install? Well, in front of then, the team. And then present it to the team? Well, Or present it no, to Dirk? No, George does the majority of the, the run game okay. with Dirk. Okay. And then and and um, Tim Spencer 
and with Butch Berry, those guys. And then pass game was last year, you know, Dirk, myself, Mike Bajakian. And so along with Ben Steele and, and some other guys would be in there, but it's like, okay, then we would come together. But then we got from the team, it would be installed. The majority of it was Hop. Then I, Hop did the run game. I did most pass game. Mike Bajakian added to that. The Saturday night meeting, he had me take it the night before the game. Not not the head coach's meeting, but the offensive meeting, watching film and yeah. some of that. You did a lot of that already. So I, did, I already did those things. So Now what makes it a little bit easier is if you're able to move around a little bit, um, your perspective will change from just an overall than, than really just from a, okay, receiver-wise, because you're, you're always kind of talking throwing to Throwing catch, you know, yeah. yeah. So that'll be good. You went from um, Jacksonville, where you did you coach receivers there? Yes. And then you went to Oklahoma State as yep. offense coordinator? As the offense coordinator, coaching quarterback. And that was how many years? Two years. And you had Brandon Whedon. And yeah. He was our quarterback uh, the first year. Yeah, and then you became the head coach at Southern Miss. At Southern Miss. Did you always call plays there? No. Well, there was uh, about a year and a half, I'd say, I called it there. The last year, Chip Lindsay, our best year, Chip Lindsay called it. Okay. Best thing I ever did. Now, I'm not saying that because of the situation we're in. I believe me, I, Wait, I don't mean it. You also won games. For me. Yeah. We were better. Yeah. Um, yeah, at that time, you had built it up a little bit. We had built it up. We were better. Um, Why did you him, find it better? I found it better because. For me, personally, the things that I thought, well, part of it was the time that I felt. And also in college, to me, you have a lot more time away from the players. recruiting. Oh, yeah, to me, that's you have, true. You have another yeah. thing that's added to yeah, it. Like, we, don't, right. we don't really get into the draft and free agency. Until, until it's the draft over, and free agency. But it's all in the middle yeah, of the year. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you're having to make calls, and guys are bringing you stuff at night. And yeah. so... You're sitting That's there going, I game. know we got to recruit, yeah. and then we got to develop and coach better. Yeah. So when you take that model, recruit, develop, and coach better, the last one's coach better. Yeah. Well, recruit and then develop your players. Well, am I really developing them, or am I? So yeah. in the end, I could oversee the offense. Yeah. We nothing we did was beyond than us meeting. But you could recruit and develop. And then so and then philosophically, Chip Lindsay and I were on the same page. So, it's all about who you trust in. Right, and we didn't do anything outside of what you would have. What, it was our offense. Yeah. It was my offense. It was yeah. what we did. So there were things he added, and they did a great job. The offensive staff did a great job. And I'm not. it's not about me. It's about I could sit in there and say, no, I don't really want to do this. Oh, yeah, I like that. Okay, mm -hmm. good, let's move forward. And then during the game, I could oversee it. Yeah. But And what made it easier? We'd gotten better. Yeah. So we had more Obviously. successful yeah. plays. So what would have made it harder is if we were still bad, because then it would have, <laughs> I'd have been, well, why are we doing, you know, it just is what it is. It's yeah. uh, no different than most. So, but for me, it, it was too hard to do all those things yeah. and still do a good job. Plenty of times my wife, Terry, had said, you need to do one or the other. You need to go run an offense, or you need to be the head coach, because right now you're miserable. You're miserable, and I was miserable um, because, because you it just weren't doing away. one thing. No, it just it took away from a lot of things. You felt like you were doing a lot of things mm -hmm. and not a lot of things good. well. Yeah, it was like it's like the working mom. Right? Now had had <laughs> we rolled right in there and they were really good and we were winning, I would have never felt that way. Yeah, but that wasn't the way first it was. two years. You're strong. We weren't very good and we were getting better, but yeah. you just felt like, how do I do this better? And and I knew that after my first year, after my first year there, I knew I wanted to do that, but. When we were interviewing guys, our old line coach, Luke Meadows, is not Eastern Michigan, he said, so let me hear you right. We're interviewing guys 
to come in and run what you want. Why don't you just run it? Why don't you just run it? Yeah. Well, I knew better, but I did it that way. And yeah. I called it the whole next year. Yeah. And some of the first year, and then Marcus Arroyo called it right. the first year. So, but I knew deep down that in the end, to do all the other things that I thought were so important to recruit, develop, and coach better, when you add that other dynamic of recruit, and you're in charge of it, and you've got to have good players, um, it just made a lot more sense. Just why? Did. Why did you come to the NFL? Was well, it just because of Dirk, or do, I mean, you uh, were on a path where you were a college uh, coordinator, college head coach? Uh, well, there's, there's and I'm not saying you wouldn't things. go back, but I mean, I mean, just what was yeah. it about this opportunity? I know we talked to you at the time, but yeah, no, Dirk's a big part of that. I mean, it's because he said yes, because he asked. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I have always felt that when I'm around coach that I become a better coach. I, I just do. He just, the way he structures a day, the way he goes about it, what he holds you to a certain fire in terms of seeing things. I just always feel like when I'm around him, I feel like I'm a better coach. Mm-hmm. I trust him as a man and a coach that what he says, says he believes. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no, there is no, no gray area with no it. no gray. He no. hates gray. I don't either. So, okay. So that part of it. So, you know, when it came up and I thought about it, I said, you know, if not now, when? Like, okay, I had an opportunity potentially the year before to go with Jack Del Rio, but it was a different situation. We hadn't won yet at Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. It was a different place. It was, you know, out wet. It, there was just a lot of different things. Um, so when this came up, it was just one of those situations, Rick, where it was like, if not now, when? When would I ever do this? I'm turning 50. Yeah. I've been a head coach. Right. Dirk. I don't know where no this No one expected will be. Dirk at 57 to become a head coach. Right. So you're sitting there going, okay. This is um, kind of meant to be. I don't know if, if what it'll lead to. But I, and I had a good job, and we had one. And, but I also didn't want to be 70 years old and say, what if? Yeah. And it, I, I had to ask myself if I was never became a college head coach again, would I be okay with that? If yeah. I didn't get that opportunity, yeah. would I? Which one would I live my life more with regret? Right. And if I was ever going to do it, now was the time. In a situation where I thought, okay, young quarterback. Right. Sure. Mike Evans. I mean, oh, so look, there's talented. a lot of boxes. I'm looking at Doug Martin at that time was a Pro Bowl 14 running back. Yard runner. Yeah. You're looking at wow, there's a lot of pieces. Ali Marpet, Donovan Smith. You're going personnel people that. Dirk raved about like I asked him I said okay how are they were they really like who, who do you believe in guys picking the players because that's the number one thing you cannot win without those guys yeah so if do you believe this yes awesome they do an awesome job. okay so my, my point was okay do we like the quarterback and who's picking the players yeah because I believe in you so I got that that yeah. part I'm but already do you, good do with. you believe in those guys but do you believe in the guys picking the players and do do we think because if we do then let's give it a let's give it a whirl and go yeah and Sure, there are there days where you sit there and go, yeah, I mean, I left a good job. I follow Southern Miss just like I followed Oklahoma State, just like I followed the Jags, you know. So, yeah, there's days where you're sitting there where you go, oh, I had a pretty good gig, you know, but I haven't regretted it one bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fortunate enough to where, you know, with the way our off season works, I get to spend more time around my son and my family than I ever got to do then. And I'm not saying that as a negative that I wouldn't go back, because I would. I love college football. Yeah. I love coaching. Yeah. I'm just saying the benefits of what has come of that. Yeah. And 
Your son's what age? He's 16. So he's hit, he's right into that. High. Where's he go? He goes to Berkeley. Okay. Is he quarterback so, or? Yeah, he, he plays football and basketball, but it's just more about you get to be around him more. You know, there's just there's some things. It's a different that are a life. Benefit. Look, there's a different deal. College yeah. and pro, it's just ball. Yeah. Is what I hear. Yeah, there is. You, know. you don't you don't have nearly as much. Of the Friday Friday off nights the field, and home Saturdays across the field. Um, getting guys to go to class, recruiting, right. the off season, it's nonstop. Which again, there's a lot of reward in that because when guys graduate, sure, sure. you get the text message and the thank you. Sure. There, there's a lot of reward to it, but there's a lot more work, just like our kids. Yeah, but everybody knows where they stand. They're all pros. Right. So, so it's so that part of it. Um, but I don't re regret that part of it. I just. If not now, when? Yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't want to be 70. I went a roundabout way. I didn't want to be 70 years old and say, you know what? Yeah. God. Because I thought about it. if Southern Miss, I'm sitting there going, okay, next year if we won our best at there, if we won Conference USA. Right. Because it's hard to say, hey, what if we're UCF and we win them all? But let's say we win Conference USA. Sure. What if the Bucks make the playoffs or win a Super Bowl? <laughs> Like, how would I feel then if I didn't take it? Like, what, yeah. what am I really trying what's to the get upside? out of What's the upside? What's yeah. the object of what I'm trying to do as a coach? Like, what am I? I've already. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kind of done that. We won the West. We didn't win the league. Yeah. And and I loved it there. And I, like I said, I would still go back. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not against going back. It was just at that moment that the opportunity no, it makes sense. said... A lot of things lined up. Why would I not do this? Because if we win, I'll, I'll be hopeful. He never said anything that someday I would be able to call him, that I would be able to do it for him. And if not, then not. Yeah. And then I'd live with it. But at least I, would, I couldn't say, well, I didn't do that. So you won the first year here, and then last year, what happened? No, oh, I a, wish it was that simple, Rick. From a coordinator's eyes. It. It's... it's Unfortunately, it happens in the NFL more often than you would like, whether it's Carolina going Super Bowl 6 and 10 playoffs, you know, or where you go for where all of a sudden. Rams to 13-3, yeah, If you look at, yeah. at last year, it's like just think of the way they set up the schedule where <laughs> the Rams got to play the Eagles because they both finished last in their division the year before. Now all of a sudden they're the, they win the division. Yeah. It's the way it's set up. It's so hard to to stay this way. That's the well, so that's, much respect that's the for the beauty of the league is is the parity and the, right. the draft and and the schedule. Everything yeah. shifts based on how you do. And your team can change. But all you have to do is look at the Eagles' initial offensive roster to start 2016 to 17. So your team can change in a lot of different ways. It's hard to pinpoint. We obviously. We didn't coach well enough, and we didn't play well enough. There's no way to put it. That's. We you probably coached the same way you did no, the year but before. It's, well, like I just always Just because you don't get results. You well, are what no, you are. But it's it's a – I've said this. You've heard me say it before. But it's, it's the same thing when I was at Southern Miss when we weren't very good. It's like, guys, I mean, if we're going to want 
some of the credit when we win, then we got to own it when we lose. We can't have it one way. Right. There's plenty of times in my career that I've gotten way too much credit when we've had really good players. Right. And there's plenty of times I got way too much blame when we didn't, and when it didn't work did out the that same way. Thing, but and it, and yeah. sometimes it works out in your favor, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But ultimately, we're all paid to produce, and in a situation where you have 32 teams where every week someone loses, you're going to have rotation in terms of ups and downs because the margin fair is so small, the coaching in terms of talent from all the coaches is at the highest level in terms of coaching your guys, mm -hmm. and the margin fair is so small, you know, the one score games and trying to get those percentages that you find a way to, yeah. you know, last year, you know, you can pinpoint to did we have some of the special teams miscues that we had it the year before? No. Okay, well, does that happen every year? No, but it, it adds to it. Um, certain things, third down defense, you know, that all of a sudden flipped. Like, how, do you, flipped. how do you figure? Yeah. It's not, well, were we probably that dominant? Well, we were that year. Well, that, that's, that makes a difference. We're getting off the field. Yeah. But it's, it's collectively, there were times we didn't play, and coaches said this, you know, complimentary football. and. Mm -hmm. um, it's a team game, and I mean. eventually, you know, and and uh, we got to coach better. We got to play better. Bottom line, and at the end, I thought our guys still fought. We were banged up, but one thing that improved is it's not about one coach. It's not about one player. It's if you'll all play your rear ends off for each other. But the effort was chance. there. The effort's there. You give yourself a chance. Nobody said that so. We at least gave ourselves hard. a chance. The execution at times wasn't what you'd want in those things, but. But the obvious things that have to be corrected, Rick, you know, I mean, we obviously we can't turn the ball over. I mean, we just we just can't. All right, let's start there. You know? So you can't you can't fumble it and you, you can't throw you, interceptions. You, you, can, you can talk until you're blue in the face. Dirk talks about it. Every coach in America from Pee Wee on talks about ball security. Can't turn the ball over. You got a guy who turns it over. Mm -hmm. um, I thought he played better after his shoulder healed a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then here comes the play at Green Bay, mm -hmm. you know. When you absolutely should have won that game. Yep. No, you're right. What is your voice? I mean, what, what what is? How do you approach that? And is it? Is it just a matter of him? I mean, will he ever get it? You know. I, mean, I think he will. I mean, how many? I mean, it's three uh, years. Yeah, and I, I try to think of how many, how many years would it take um, for a guy like Brett Favre, one of the best to ever play, to go from twenty interceptions to say ten? Is it? 20 to 18 to 16 to 14 to 12 is it is it well you can go take? look at that at one point he right. was 40 something interceptions and 40 something touchdowns and Almer said I'm press starting Mark Brunell and I'm serious yeah. and he says and he convinced him you got one more shot at this and then I think he went like 140 yeah. after that like it it shifted right. dramatically but right. it was still there was still the 40 interceptions there's 100 touchdowns and 40, you know what I mean, over the next The toughest ten. part you have with guys like that that you love about, which are guys like James that fight or their ass off. is that how competitive they are. Yeah, they don't want to give up on a play. But the worst thing you can say is that they don't want to give up on a play. I threw it away. I mean, he I got hurt sack. because he was trying to make a play. And so you, you, you're you know. constantly trying to Drill it. understand that. and. Where he is in the big picture of the of yeah. the team, you're just. Correct. I think when you come in as the number one overall pick, you feel like you got to make every play. You feel, in some cases, maybe you do. 
I think he feels that way even when he was at Florida State. Oh, I know he did. With a good team. And they were a good with team. With a team that was an elite team, you know, right. with, with better players, he still feels that way. So he's he's wired to compete. He's wired to want to make every play. Obviously, the plays that come up that he's got to – and we're not talking about, you know, hey, I didn't see a linebacker and I threw oh, it. Oh, he sees the field. I'm saying it's, it's in terms of, okay – I'm scrambling and I throw a ball for grabs, or you know, I'm, I'm scrambling and I'm in traffic and I don't protect the football. So it's all the things that we all see that we have to do a better job of drilling, that he has to do a better job of understanding. The toughest part is with the fumbles, and what I mean by that is I think the interceptions are one of the easiest things to correct in some ways. The fumbles are the hardest thing because there's no real off-season where he scrambles and there's people around him. No one touches him. The preseason, you only play... That's still a pocket awareness. You only play, no, the pocket awareness... I, I don't think he's, he's bad in that regard. It's just, okay, I'm under duress. Would you like, I gotta... I either gotta throw it, but I can't keep it out here trying to make a play. That's what happens. He's, right. he's There's either. someone around him and it happens that way. But again, that all comes from the, the more you, you think play that's experience? Game. No question it is. Now, he battles that because of how competitive he is. He's not going down. Like, he hasn't learned, like, to go down. And it's harder with athletic guys. You know, they're... They want to escape. Guys that can't escape don't think they can. They just drop. Like, Peyton Manning used to just drop yeah, and yeah. go to the ground. Well, yeah. Jameis makes some plays that way, but... The other part of that, though, is you don't play 16 games or you right. don't play 16 healthy. Yeah. That's no, what there, he had to learn last year. And so, I think he's gotten better at... The back five games would show that, that his accuracy and his decision-making. How quickly the ball came out. And how quickly the ball came out, exactly, had improved. Mm-hmm. Where the statistics wouldn't show that is when under duress, like throwing Fumbles. the ball up for grabs yeah. or a fumble. And, and he knows that. That's not anything that. Yeah. But knowing it and doing it. Correct. Two different things. And if we don't get it corrected, Because it statistically, matter. if you look at those guys that are drafted in the first round, it's the third year. And he did, he, you know, touchdown interception ratio, about the same. Mm-hmm. Usually goes up a little bit. QBR, uh, completion percentage up. I mean, he hit every marker except wins. Right. Those, te- those guys get their teams in the playoffs. Yeah. I now, think the toughest part was the team game. being hurt. So he wasn't that, completely That healthy. was something that you can't attribute. And I think there's certain times where a given player can't control everything. What about what he's not playing special teams? What about defense? What about you and you know, because you're kind of this psychologist. I look at you and like you, you all coaches are a little bit you work on their heads too, right? All that you have to deal with is this franchise quarterback, you know, his natural charisma, leadership, whatever. But is it part of it that's like you want him to be Jameis Winston, but this is the NFL and how are guys responding to him and how. You know, whether it's the licking, I mean, the fingers thing was got became a big deal just because you were losing. But how much of that has to change as far as, like, his approach? Well, like, all the things he seems to be caught up in from a leadership standpoint. First of all, Jameis is highly competitive. He's a good person. He's fun to be around. He has natural leadership qualities. I think 
he can get frustrated like all of us and try maybe too hard mm -hmm. to rather than just let his natural leadership qualities, which he has, mm -hmm. that we all see that the guys, because of how he works and competitive he is, that at times it doesn't come across the way you'd want it to come across. And I'm referring to not just the thing at New Orleans and those, mm -hmm. I'm just saying in general, he's a very prideful young man. And um, so I think there's times where, you know, do I think, and you hit it on the head, right? Do I think that whether it's the head coach or whether it's the franchise quarterback, that at times can feel the weight of no question coach quarterback and, league and it's That's on right. you and you've got so much on you yep. and yep. you're still trying to you know and all those things and so that's the hardest part with him is just understanding that being yourself is good enough being Jameis Winston is okay because everything's whatever he does and he's learning this as well You've yeah. got enough. Yeah. You've got enough of who you are, yeah. charisma and competitive spirit, and you work at it, yeah. and you are a good person. You give up a lot of your time for people, and, yeah. and um, you, you name the kids that come around. He's awesome. I mean, he has everything in those characteristics that you want, and it's hard for him, too, because he has to – the same things that you'll ask me, you, you know, he knows, hey, your third year, I mean, yeah. that's the time. No, the pressure's guys on. Are and all these things, and, yeah. and you get closer to where your contract is up, and yeah. you've got to make a decision. Fifth your options coming. What yeah. do we think, you know? It's, right. So all those things, he's not beyond that. And, you know, so, but that's part of what it is. That's part of the position. Some real interesting comments there from Todd Munkin, the Bucks' offensive coordinator. We'll see just how all of this works out. I think it'll be a big help to Jameis Winston as that – extra voice that uh, he could use and I also uh, look forward to seeing just how they work out this this play calling situation obviously Dirk Cutter is going to call it on Sundays but I think that certainly Munkin will have more of a hand in the offense than he has even in the past we have all kinds of interviews to sprinkle in for you this week on Sports Day Tampa Bay I talked with Antonio Callaway the University of Florida wide receiver who was suspended had an outstanding combine up here and uh, it's probably really helped himself with some interviews as well. Quentin Nelson, the Notre Dame guard, fascinating uh, guy, funny guy, deadpan sense of humor, but uh, it's going to be a real addition to somebody. And the Bucks have an outside chance of maybe taking a look at Quentin Nelson, even with the number seven overall pick. And Mason Cole, Eastlake High product, went to the University of Michigan to play center in the NFL. I had a chance to talk with him as well. So more interviews. Boy, it's going to be a busy week in Tampa Bay sports. Tiger Woods, what a story this is. Coming to the Valspar Championship this weekend. I can't wait to see him uh, at that tournament. And how about the Tampa Bay Lightning? We know when we last spoke, they had that wild finish in Dallas. It seems like every game now is going to a shootout, and that was the case the other night. And this crazy 7-6 to win over the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, that game must have been something. Steven Stamkos with five points. Steve, what the hell's going on down there? Well, it's been five straight overtime games now for the Lightning. They've won four of them, so you get the extra point in four of the five games there, which is good. Thursday night in Dallas was crazy, but Saturday was even crazier. Lightning came out pretty flat in the first period. We're down 3-1, to one, uh, weren't really playing very very well. Turned up the intensity for the second and third period, and it was just wild and crazy. And, and neither side was playing great defense. Uh, a lot of Obviously. rushes. A lot, <laughs> well, and, and, and the goalies made some great saves, too. Um, you know, bo yeah. Both goalies, I thought. I didn't think they played awful, although each one of them would probably – there's probably two or three goals they each want back. Um, yeah, And sure. you usually don't say that about Vassy. Usually when he's given up four goals, they're usually great, great scoring chances. But 
crazy goal. And Stamkos, two goals, three assists, with career high. And then in the uh, shootout, he uh, scores the second shootout goal, and fans started throwing hats on the ice. They thought it was a hat trick. <laughs> no. No, it wasn't, wasn't a ton, it wasn't ton of them. It wasn't a lot of them. It was a few of oh, them, but it, it, it was quite uh, quite humorous for us. Uh, uh, but Stamkos, you know, and, and, and I've said this really for the last, uh, it's been probably three or four weeks, but when you started seeing him back on the penalty kill, um, and, yeah. and I think some of that's because he's he's one of their best at face-offs right now, but you see him on the penalty kill that you can really tell, and, and even watching his skating, his knee, you can tell it's feeling better than it was at the beginning of the year. And, and we remember Zach Parisi of uh, the Minnesota Wild went through the same surgery a few years ago, and he said it really takes a good year before you really feel 100% or, or close to and comfortable with it. Um, Stamkos went out last November, had the surgery then. So it's been, you know, you sit out for a few weeks before you start recovery. So it's been about a year of recovery time, and, and but it's really looking like he's skating well, uh, which is great news for the Lightning. Nikita Kucherov was back in the lineup Saturday. Uh, so that was a big spark and boost. Big scares last week with Tyler Johnson and Nikita Kucherov. So both are playing well now. So uh, Lightning have uh, 16 games to go, I believe it is, and they're at 94 points already. And con- conventional wisdom in, in the playoff seating is if you get 96, you're pretty much guaranteed in. I think only one team hasn't in this format. And they're at 94 with 16 to play. So Obviously go well over 100, I would imagine, at this point. But uh, what a year for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And all they do is win, win, win. It doesn't seem to matter how. But uh, even in the shootouts, uh, their Vassie's getting the best of them there too. So The good thing you can say about this Tampa team Bay. is no matter how they play, they seem to find ways to win. That's right. Even That's if they're, right. they're struggling defensively or struggling on the penalty kill, or they find ways to win. They have that much I talent I like the fact, too, that – that they have such offense that that when they're down two goals, no one panics. I mean, they they have the ability to come back late in games and have to do it over and over again. Which, when you get in the postseason and you're trailing, especially on on road ice, I mean, that's that's quite a trait to have that that ability to score like that. So, um, interesting things going on. Great things for the Tampa Bay lightning so we appreciate you guys as always making this a habit and listening to this podcast you uh, can always interact with us as well on twitter at uh, sports day tampa bay tb so that's at sports day tampa bay tb or you can reach me on twitter at nfl stroud or online at r stroud at tampa bay.com we want you to always have a chance to rate and review this podcast if you get a chance and where can they do that steve well wherever you get your podcast whether it's itunes or google play stitcher tune in any any of those podcast apps uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast but also rate and review so it, it helps us and lets other people discover the podcast as well I'm headed home finally from Indianapolis after a week here at the NFL Combine. Looking forward to that and looking forward to talking to you all of you again tomorrow. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Versnick. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 